1 John uh, chapter 3, uh, and then we're going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll, then we'll read through this scripture. Uh, dear Lord, uh, thank you so much for bringing us all here to worship you uh, this morning, Lord. And I pray, Lord, as we, we go through uh, this material this morning, that you allow it to seep into our hearts and uh, allow, allow us to um, keep it uh, and remember it this morning. And I just pray, Lord, that uh, you would just help us to remember that we need to be a people that loves our brethren. Uh, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the scriptures that we're going to go through this morning, uh, it's all about loving your brother, right? Loving your brother. This is a, a, a topic that uh, John revisits multiple times uh, in the book of First John. It's, it's very important for us to grasp. And so if this sermon sounds like some other sermons that I've preached recently, uh, that's for a good reason. We need, this is a very uh, important thing that we need to grasp as children of God. Uh, and he, so he's addressing us as children of God here. Uh, and he's saying, like, one of the things that's going to show people that you're a child of God is by how you love the brethren. And so let's go ahead and dive into these scriptures uh, this morning. It's First John chapter 3, uh, and we're going to start at verse 10, and then we're going to go all the way to verse 23, uh, and then we will uh, dive into this this morning. It says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Uh, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he do, who does not love his brother. Uh, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. <clears throat> not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. Uh, and why did he murder him? Uh, because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. In verse 13, it says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Uh, we know that we have passed from death to life uh, because we love the brethren. Uh, he who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Uh, verse 16, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, uh, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Uh, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Verse 19 uh, and by this, we know that we are of the truth and sh shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And so, the, again, this is all about loving the brethren here. Uh, how, 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 do we, uh, how does the world know that we're children of God, right? By loving the brethren. Uh, how can we have confidence before God? Well, we... Uh, we believe in the name of Jesus Christ and we have loved the brethren. Such an important thing. 
So let's see in this first point here, the importance of loving the brethren. Why is it so important? Uh, that's what the first part of this passage is about. It's just about explaining why it is so important. And so the first reason of why this is so important, or the main reason uh, why this is so important, is this shows the difference between the children of God and the children of the devil. That first verse there. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are made manifest, right? They reveal themselves, right? Uh, the children of God and the children of the devil reveal themselves with how, or sorry, yeah, with how they love. It's supposed to be they, not the. Uh, I missed a, a typo there. Um, so let's go ahead and look at verses 10 and 11 again. Just these two verses here. It says, in this, the children of, the God, children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Right? And so first of all here, those that practice sin have no love, uh, sorry, and have no love for the brethren, they reveal themselves to be children of the devil, right? So if you are living in sin in your life and you don't love you know, other believers, you are showing yourself, this is not anybody putting this upon you, you are showing yourself to be a child of the devil. That's according to John. That's, that's what scripture says. There are many people that even sit in churches that are not saved, that are lost people. There's people that sit in churches that hate being at church, right? And it happens all, all, all the time, right? There's people that are sitting in churches where they go to church on Sunday and Wednesday, and maybe Wednesday, right? They go to church Sunday morning, and then the rest of the week, they're living like the devil. You can't do that, right? This shows that you are, you are revealing yourself to be not really safe. That's, the, it, it, you are giving the evidence yourself. But on the flip side, those that practice righteousness, those that are trying to follow Christ and obey the command to love, or, uh, uh, sorry, and obey the command to love the brethren, they reveal themselves to be children of God. And so, again, you are showing what you believe by your actions. Later in the book of John, you know, he, he says, you know, how can you believe in God, or sorry, how can you say you love God who you, who you have not seen uh, and not love your brother who you, and not love your brother who you have seen, right? That's later in the book of John, and we'll get to that. But it makes so much sense there, right? We don't see God here physically in our daily lives, right? So how can we say that we love God and hate our brother when our brother, brethren are right in front of us. It's so much easier you know, to love someone that's right in front of you, right? And so it should show that when we are loving of one another, it should show that we love God. Let's see here in this next verse, we, uh, John gives an example here. He gives the example of Cain, Right? And so Cain hating his own brother, right? Uh, verse 12, it says, Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, 
and murdered his brother. And something interesting there about Cain, right? Did Cain know who God was? Yes, right? He spoke to God, okay? You think about it, if, if Cain actually spoke to God and still did the wrong things, right? How much easier is it for us to continue in sin? When they're, they're talking about these sacrifices, uh, Cain and Abel gave their sacrifices. Uh, did not Adam have to be the one to show them to do all of that? And so it, think about that. People that could be raised in church, raised to believe in God, still might be lost, right? So not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, so he was of the devil, right, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous, right? And so obviously the, the example that John is giving here goes all the way back to Genesis. Uh, we have Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. Uh, what were Cain's evil works? Well, he offered an improper sacrifice to God, all right? Uh, it says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit from, of the ground to the Lord. Right there. What was the example that the Lord set for sacrifices? Right at the beginning of Genesis, when uh, Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do? He slayed an animal, right? It, blood was the price. What is Cain doing here? He's offering fruit of the ground. He's offering the work of his own hands to God. The example in the Bible, throughout the whole Bible, is that you cannot be saved by works. And what does Cain try to do? Tries to be, get right with God through works. Abel, verse 4 here, also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. So notice there that the Lord just didn't respect Cain's offering, right? All Cain had to do was fix it, but he doesn't. It says, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And so instead of Cain fixing his error, he gets angry and he kills his brother. Notice that John is making the comparison to Cain's murder of his brother... He's making it the comparison to that, uh, sorry, of that to those that hate the brethren, saying it's the same thing, right? You hate being at church, you hate the brethren, it's the same thing as when Cain killed his brother. So what does this show us? It shows us that loving the brethren is an essential indicator of our salvation. It's not what makes you saved or what makes you not saved. It's an indicator. It shows whether you are saved or not. It should result as if you are a saved person, the result should be that you love your brother. Right? It's not saying that loving your brother will make you saved. It's saying that you know, the proof is in the pudding kind of thing. 
1 John chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 15. It says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Right? So first of all, the world is going to hate us, right? Uh, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. So again, we know that we're saved because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. He, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hate equals murder, right? It's the same thing. So first of all, with this part of the passage, John it just flat out says, don't marvel if the world hates you. Don't be surprised when the world hates us. Why? Because what we are doing here is the opposite of what the world wants. So the difference between hate and love. Loving the brethren shows that you have eternal life. John flat out says, we know that we have passed from death to life. How? Because the results show it, right? We love the brethren. But hating the brethren, again, shows that you still abide in death. So if you claim to be saved, right, and you hate your fellow Christians, you abide in death still. You need to repent. You need to turn to God. If you are saved, God will help you love others, right? When the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells you, that should affect you. There's people that say that they're saved and they're like, oh, hey, I'm saved and once saved, always saved, and I can do whatever I want now. I can go back and do whatever I want. You, you weren't really saved, right? You weren't really saved because the Holy Spirit should change you. There should be a change in your life. Genesis chapter 4, verse 10 here, back to Cain and Abel. This is how serious God takes this. When after Cain kills his brother and the Lord basically knows what he has done. He says, and, it, and he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So when Cain killed his brother, right? It says that the, the blood of Abel cried out to God. And John is making the comparison to those that hate the brethren from this. He's literally saying, you know, the, the blood of, of you know, the people that we've killed in our hearts cries out to God. It, we, we are witnesses against ourselves if we are hating our brethren. We show ourselves either way, whether you're saved or not, you should show yourself to be who you really are, right? Show, it will be borne out. So what does loving the brethren look like then? Uh, this is, it's a very easy thing just to say, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to love my brother, and that's, you know, I can do that however I want, right? Wrong, right? The Bible gives instructions for how we are to love one another. 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Let's go through that again. It says, 
by this we know love, right? So John's saying there, how can you know what love is? Look at these examples, right? Because he has laid down his life for us, okay? So first there, how do we know love? Because Jesus laid down his life for us. So first of all, we can look to Christ's example. It says, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So the first thing there, we have the example of Christ, right? We have the example of Christ. So how do we know love, right? We can look in the Bible. We can see that Jesus died on the cross for us. That's our first example of what real love is. That is sacrificial love. Jesus himself said to his disciples in John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Right? Lay down one's life for his friends. And John echoes this in 1 John saying, We ought also to have the same love, to lay down our lives for our brethren, right? But again, that's kind of uh, an easy thing to say, right? How, how many people have ever you know, heard someone say, oh, I would die for you, right? When are you ever going to be in a situation where you will die for someone else? The, the chances of that happening are very low. You may be fully serious in saying that, right? And that may happen, but the chances are very small. So it's, it's actually a fairly easy thing to say. We can say to our spouse and stuff, oh, I would take a bullet for you. Okay? The chances of you being in a situation where you're going to be shot at are very low. What's the point here? Well, that's not necessarily enough just to say that you would die for someone else. What are some things that you can do in your life that show that you would die for someone else. How are you laying down your life for the brethren on a daily basis? Right? How are you putting others first? Because that's what it's talking about here is sacrificial love. How are, we sa how are we doing good things for others with no benefit to ourselves? Do we do that all the time? Do we actually care about our brethren that much? John goes on here to give an example of this. Helping a brother in need, right? This is, this is an example of that kind of love. I want to look at that verse again really quick. It says, but whoever, in verse 17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? If you see one of the brethren suffering, and you have this world's goods, right? And you don't help him. John's saying, how does the love of God abide in you? Right? You see your brother in need. Why are you not helping him? Right? So if you say, oh, yeah, I would take a bullet for you, but you don't help him when he's in need, do you really love him? Would you really take a bullet for them when you don't even do uh, the lesser things? So we also see here that talk is cheap, right? That's basically what 
what John is saying. Talk is cheap. That last verse there, verse 18, it says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So, in other words, you can't just say that you love the brethren. You have to show it. We actually have to be acting it out. Love is not just something that we can say. We have to show the brethren that we love them. And I, I've seen some really great examples of that in this church, like of actually acting on loving our brethren. We, we're, we are a people that care about each other. I wish more churches were like that. Uh, you know, when you think about churches and you know, a lot of these big churches, when you go and sit in the pews and you don't even know the people sitting next to you, how can you show love for that person when you don't even know what's going on in their lives? We're supposed to be a family here that cares about each other. How can you be a family when you don't know the other people? Talk is cheap. We have to show this by our actions. James chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Uh, James says this very clearly here. He says, but someone will say, uh, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons do believe and tremble. So saying that, that you believe in God, that's not enough. Right? We have to show it. Right? We, now, God, only God knows what's in our hearts. Right? But before men, what other people can see, if you are, you know, again, living like the devil, not loving the brethren, what anybody else sees is that you're a lost person. Right? And you probably are. So James is saying, you know, it, it, we, can, we can, anybody can say, oh, I have faith, right? That's not uh, measurable here. But when someone is showing their faith, right, you know that they believe in God. It's pretty easy. It's evident, right? And so when someone says, oh, I love, God, I love God, again, you, if, if there's nothing to show for it, how can you really tell that they do? But if they are loving the brethren, right, if they're loving God's people, that should show that they love God. The last point here, and this is such an awesome thing because some of us, some people are scared to stand before God some, one day, right? Even as a saved person, sometimes we might be scared that we are going to stand before God one day and give an account. And some of us, right, are not scared, but we should be, <laughs> okay? Verses 19 through 23 is all about having confidence before God. It says, and by this, sorry, 1 John 3, 19 through 23, it says, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. <clears throat> For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. 
And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the, the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So what is John first telling us to do here in order to have confidence before God? Now, while we're here, search your heart. Do you, do you really believe that you are doing everything that you can as a believer? Right? Obviously, we're not, if you're saved, you're not going to go to hell. Right? You still have to stand before God one day and give an answer for everything that you've done. And so how can you have confidence before God? Again, some of us shouldn't. Because some, some Christians, you know, they, they get saved and then they sit like a bump on a log. That's not how to have confidence before God. But if we're doing what God told us to do, right, we should be able to go before God confidently and say, hey, God, I, I did what I did what you asked me to do. I did what you asked me to do, right? I loved the brethren. What is the commandment that it says there, right? Love Jesus, or sorry, believe in Jesus and love the brethren. We have to keep his commandments. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, this is backing up a little bit. It says, by now by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments... He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. If you cannot do what Jesus told you to do, you're a liar. It's easy to say, oh, I love you. And then, but if you don't act on that, what are you really saying? Your actions show your heart more than your words do. We cannot just be people that, you know, are, are talk, you know, all, all talk and no action, right? We have to be people who act. So what is his commandment there? What is his commandment? That we should believe in Jesus Christ and love one another. If you do that, right, first of all, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to go to heaven for sure, without a doubt. You are completely secure. That's it. End of story. No matter what else you do in this life, you are going to heaven. But again, you still have to stand before God one day. And so how can you have confidence in that respect when you stand before God? By how you've loved the brethren. By how, how you've loved the brethren. Again, not, it's not talking about the whole world here. It's talking about how you love the brethren. How you love other believers. Do we take care of each other? Because if God saved you and he's shown you grace, right, and you're an adopted child of God, and you go to church, and what, what are all the other people at church, right? For all you know, they are adopted children of God too. Shouldn't you love them just like God loves them? If, you do, if the answer is no, search your heart and correct it, right? It's not too late. It's only too late when you die. Because there's no, you know, there's no changing things after death. It's final. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Right? Those are things that are going to happen. Right? And so, while we're here, we need to be doing everything we can 
to follow God and what he's told us to do. And the thing that Jesus told us to do as believers is love one another. Love one another. And that's what John is trying to stress to people here. There's no other things that you need to worry about as a believer other than loving the brethren and loving God. Jesus said, you know, when he was asked, what is the greatest commandment, right? He says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, right? And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Two things that we need to worry about, loving God and loving others. He says, on this, hang all the law and the prophets. So everything else in the Bible hangs on those two things. Even when you look at the Ten Commandments, the first part of the Ten Commandments is all about our relationship with God. The second part is all about our relationship with other men. And so we need to love God. That's what our hearts, where our hearts should be. How do we show that we love God? By loving others, right? We show that we love God by loving others. And so we need to be doing that in our lives. Don't tell someone that you're a Christian. Show them that you're a Christian. I mean, tell them too, but make sure that you're showing them, right? We need to be showing people the love of God in our lives. With that, I'm going to go ahead and invite the pianist and song leader up for a song of invitation. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the only thing that you need to be focused on, right? The, the, all of this stuff this morning was for after you're saved, right? You need to have a change in your heart this morning. You need to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and repent of your sins. That's, that's the only thing that you need to be worried about right now because that is what will save your soul. That, will, that is what will begin a relationship between you and Jesus. So if you have not done that yet, I invite you to do that this morning. Believe that Jesus Christ came, he was born in Bethlehem, came in the flesh, he's God in the flesh, and he lived a perfect life, and he died, died on the cross for your sins. Not for anyone else's sins, just focus on yours, right? Jesus died on the cross for you, personally. And so if you believe in that and you repent of those sins, you will be saved. And then we can talk about all this other stuff. Once you have that change in heart, God will put it in you to start loving others the way he wants you to love others. And so make a decision to do that this morning. Turn to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you will be saved.